The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Help! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 437 of Family Caregivers Unite. I'm Dr. Gordon Atherley, normally the show's host, but in this episode I'm doing all the talking. I'm a physician retired from practice. I hold the British equivalents of the North American MD and PhD degrees and LLD honoris causa from Canada's Simon Fraser University. Prior to retiring from medical practice, my medical specialties were occupational medicine and public health. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss what I've learned from my work for Family Caregivers Unite. My focus is Ontario, Canada, but several of the things I discuss are relevant for all of Canada and also for North America as a whole. I've titled the episode, Bullying People Living with Mental Health Disabilities. Now, I have to start with a disclosure. Recently, I personally experienced bullying as I worked with a national Canadian organization that supports people with mental illnesses. The bullying which occurred within the organization caused harm and loss to me and also to many people who were associated with the organization, who depended on it or who trusted it. Bullying? What's bullying? Well, bullying is bullies' bad actions towards other people. The bad actions include insulting people, intimidating people, and tyrannizing and oppressing people. The bad actions may be intended by the bully to drive people into doing something that the bully wants them to do, even though this may be harmful to them, the people who are being bullied. The bad actions are especially difficult for people and their families living with mental health disabilities. Now, here's more about bullying and mental health disabilities that I've discovered in my investigations so far. First one is the Canadian Medical Association Journal, which on March 15, 2016, published an article titled, Bullying Still Rife in Medical Training. The article reports that despite 20 years of policies, programs, and procedures, rates of bullying in medical training remain high. The article reports that as many as 93% of junior hospital doctors reported at least one experience of intimidation and harassment. The article reports nothing on the question of whether physicians bully patients, even though it is known that some patients do complain of bullying by physicians. 
Now, the next one is the American Psychiatric Association, which, among other organizations, describes the mental health disability narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissistic personality disorder is diagnosed when an individual excessively needs an admiration, radiates a grandiose sense of self-importance, possesses a sense of entitlement, takes advantage of others, and lacks empathy for others. More, narcissistic personality disorder leads individuals living with it to resist treatment because they refuse to acknowledge that they need treatment. More still, narcissistic personality disorder needs more research to find out how frequently it occurs in physicians and psychiatrists. And narcissistic personality disorder has been associated with bullying, but when and how it leads to bullying is unclear, so it needs more research. Now, the title of this episode, Bullying People Living with Mental Health Disabilities, refers to two types of bad actions. One is bad actions against people living with mental health disabilities. The other is bad actions on the part of people, physicians including, included, living with mental health disabilities. Now, I'm going to discuss good actions that I think just me, but I think are needed. A good action would be responding to bullying by physicians of family caregivers, that's bullying by physicians of family caregivers and their family members who are living with mental health disabilities and who need to know what they can do if they or their family members have been bullied. A good action would be identifying the ways physicians bully patients, studying the effects that the bullying has on patients and their families, and resisting the bullying. Another good action would be helping families and their children who are living with mental health disabilities and who've been bullied by physicians, and providing support for teenagers and adults who've been bullied by physicians. And another good action would be understanding the role of narcissistic personality disorder, a mental health disability among physicians. Now, these good actions should be underpinned by good research. To be good, the research should explore medical knowledge, especially as it relates to mental health disabilities, and it should make good use of epidemiology and biostatistics. To be good, the research should involve listening to people describing their experiences of being bullied and cyberbullied. That cyberbullied or cyberbullying is bullying on the internet. The research should seek to advance understanding of bullying in all its forms, to activate prevention, to promote protection, and to provide support for persons who've been bullied or who are vulnerable to bullying. It should involve giving a voice to these persons. Now, to be good, the research should involve analyses of behaviors of physicians, especially when they have administrative authority as well as medical responsibilities. Now, to be good, the research should take account of ethics. The National 
Canadian organization which, with which I personally experienced bullying is a registered charity. As a registered charity, it is enabled to issue tax receipts for donations. In this way, it benefits from government funding, which should raise questions for research concerned with questions of ethics. To be good, the research should link human insight with advanced time-saving computer-based methods for qualitative research. The qualitative research is research that focuses on individuals' personal lives, narratives, experiences of mental and physical illnesses and persistent disabilities, family caregiving, interactions with healthcare, social and other major systems and services, and their views on controversies. Now, back in 1963, two scientists, W.F. Soskin and V. John, explained qualitative research as going forth to see what the jungle consists of rather than making one's way through a jungle to find a particular village. And, you know, my, my comment is, yes, sometimes healthcare systems do at times seem rather like jungles, don't they? Now, after the break, I'm going to discuss responding to uh, bullying by physicians or family caregivers and their family members who are living with mental health disabilities. And I'm going to discuss explaining to family members what they can do if they or their family members have been bullied. Now, I'd like to say a word or two about why these good actions are important. Well, they're important because, first of all, we do not know anything like enough about the effects of bullying, about the causes of bullying, the extent of bullying. We think we do, but when you come to look at the statistics or we come to look at the statistics, we find a different story. The second reason why the good actions are important is that at this time, there's nowhere really that family caregivers or people have been bullied can actually go to get reliable, helpful information about what they need to know and about what they can do if their family members have been bullied. Now, that's in part because uh, many, far too many, of the agencies of healthcare, government departments, politicians, administrators, really can't find a place in their thinking for the very idea of bullying. They really can't see how it might fit, and they need to see, because if they don't see, we're not going to get any of the preventive action, the supportive action, or the protection action that we, we want, really do want to see. Now, another reason why it's important is that it's a, bullying is a tragedy for the people who are being bullied, but it's also a tragedy for people who are being bullied who have not just mental illnesses or mental health disabilities, but also other illnesses. Because if you have a physical disability and it holds you back in some way, 
to have somebody bully you is basically very unfair. In fact, if I could use a strong word, it's rotten. And that way, when we come to see this, it points to something which is also very important, and I'm going to deal with this again later on, is basically getting action on the part of um, the system to take bullying seriously. Now, I'm going to talk about these in the next segment because now it's time for a short break. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on Voice America's health and wellness and variety channels, CJMP 90.1 FM community radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners of Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic is bullying people living with mental health disabilities. Now I'm going to discuss responding to bullying by physicians of family caregivers and of their family members who are living with mental health disabilities. And I'm going to discuss how we explain to family caregivers what they can do if they or their family members have been bullied. Now, what I've found so far is that fear, fear is a major concern that complicates responding to bullying by physicians. 
The fear among family caregivers arises from worries that the services they and their family members depend on may suffer if family caregivers complain about bullying by physicians. Family caregivers' fear is justified justified because fear is embedded in the healthcare system, as is revealed by the Toronto Star's article of March 27, 2016, titled Fear and Loathing Stalk Healthcare Reform. The article reports that a pervasive sense of fear dominated closed-door talks that Ontario's health minister has been holding with healthcare leaders. The article explains that the health minister and a team of senior bureaucrats are preparing to unveil massive reform of the healthcare system that will impact the lives of every single resident in Ontario. The article explains that fear prevents many of the talks participants from openly speaking their minds, lest they face reprisals from agencies they rely on for funding. And the article goes so far as to warn that the fears, these fears, could even derail the entire process of reform. So now let's talk about explaining to family caregivers what they can do if they or their family members have been bullied. Family members could, and if I'm honest, I believe, should applaud, follow and support Marie Slark and Patricia Seth. These two women are working to educate others on the suffering that occurred at the infamous Heronia Institute. The the Heronia Institute was one of a network of developmental disability centres in Ontario that were shut down as recently as 2009. Marie and Patricia launched a class action that ended with a $35 million settlement for survivors of the Huronia Institute. Former Huronia residents themselves, Marie and Patricia joined a new speaker series to try to ensure that no one forgets and that everyone remembers the horrors they endured there. Now, Marie, now 62, was institutionalized at the Hironia Institute in the late 1950s at age seven. Patricia, now 57, was institutionalized at the Hironia Institute in 1964 at the age of six and lived there for almost 15 years. She, Patricia, remembers overcrowded dormitories of what she calls military discipline. She's quoted as saying that they would pull you out by the hair of your head and you'd have to stand in the corner and that sometimes you'd be forced to scrub the floors with a toothbrush or be struck with a fly swatter. Says I, if this isn't bullying, then what is? Now, concerned that their stories of bullying and those of hundreds of others were never aired in court, Marie and Patricia joined the Huronia Speakers Bureau. 
They plan to tell their stories again and again. So what Marie and Patricia are doing is giving voice to the community of the survivors of Euronia and the other facilities that were closed in 2009. So now let's talk about identifying the ways physicians bully patients, studying the effects of the bullying on patients and their families, and resisting the bullying. One family caregiver has launched a complaint to the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. This is the body to which the Ontario government has delegated responsibility for protecting Ontarians against misbehaviours and bad actions by Ontario physicians. The complaint was about two psychiatrists. Now, so far, there are no outcomes to report, but as the pressure arises from other concerns, pressure on the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario seems likely to rise. Now, the National Post's September 1, 2015 article, Canadian Study Sheds Light on the Hidden Culture of Medicine, looks inside the culture of medicine. Um, it founds that inside that culture, psychiatrists are dismissed as flakes. That's F-L-A-K-E-S. It found that senior doctors carry out childish pranks on the students they teach. And it found that idealism withers away in the face of the culture of medicine's stark realities. Now, the culture of medicine's stark realities include government policy on autonomy for persons living with serious mental health disabilities. Um, under Ontario's Substitute Decisions Act of 1992, a person who is 16 years of age, I'm going to repeat that, is 16 years of age, or more, is presumed to be capable of giving or refusing consent in connection with his or her own personal care. And the personal care obviously includes health care and decisions about health care. In other words, the day persons turn 16 years of age, they become autonomous, which means that they are automatically considered capable of making health-related decisions for themselves, and which also means that responsibility for decision, decisions about care provided to the newly autonomous person abruptly switches from the family caregiver to the person living with a serious mental health disability. The solution, says the Ontario government, is making a power of attorney to plan ahead and so as to be confident that plans will be carried out. Um, a power of attorney for personal care is a legal document in which one person gives another person the authority to make personal care decisions on their behalf uh, when, if they become, when or if they become mentally incapable. But with family caregivers with serious mental health disabilities in family members, caregivers experience problems with powers of attorney. The National Post 
July 3rd, 2015 article entitled The Unexpected Transformation of Aaron Pearlston. He is now Douglas Pearson, white supremacist. This was, this is highly relevant. Um, the article quotes a former member of a school board race relations committee who observes that the young man who changed his name was an adult and his own agent because he was above 16. So he can't be controlled by his parents because he doesn't have to listen to his parents if he doesn't want to listen to them. So here we have a 16-year-old living with a serious mental disability who can choose street drugs over prescribed medications. What kind of health care is this? Now, with the deinstitutionalization of mental health care services following the closure in 2009 of various Ontario government institutions, such as the Hugh Heronia Institute I discussed earlier, many individuals living with serious mental health disabilities were turned out onto the street and family caregivers increasingly shouldered the responsibility of caring for their loved ones with serious mental health disabilities. It's estimated that up to 90% of people with serious mental illnesses live with their family caregivers. And to add to family caregivers' challenges, at age 16, their family members living with a serious mental illness or serious mental um, health disability automatically become autonomous. All of which is why the needs of family caregivers and their family members who are living with mental health disabilities should be understood. Their needs should be understood and addressed. Now, after the break, I'm going to discuss providing help to families and their family members who are living with um, mental health disabilities and who have been bullied. And I'm also going to discuss deciding on supports that should be provided to teenagers and adults who have been bullied by physicians. Now, this all comes back to something profoundly important, and that is um, considering the needs of family caregivers when they are caring for a family member, likely at home, um, with a mental health disability, particularly a serious one. Um, there's some talk increasing now about providing care for family caregivers in various situations. But quite honestly, I have not seen very much at all about providing care for um, family or help for family caregivers, meeting the needs of family caregivers uh, when their family member has been bullied and has um, experienced um, some kind of or lives with some kind of um, mental health disability. So all of this is to say this is yet more of an argument about our doing something. Now we've come to the point where we need to take the break and so we'll do that now.
You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on Voice America's Health and Wellness and Variety Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's Doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic is bullying people living with mental health disabilities. Now let's talk more about providing help to families and to their family members who are living with mental health disabilities and who also have been bullied. Let's now talk about deciding on supports that should be provided to teenagers and adults who've been bullied by physicians. Now, what I've found is that where family caregivers can go for help is problematic when they or their family members have been bullied by physicians. In the US, the website usmedicare.gov, usmedicare.gov, the official U.S. government site for Medicare, provides information about filing a complaint about a doctor, hospital, or provider. I looked, and I could find no mention of bullying. The American Medical Association's Doctor Finder tool provides basic information about licensed physicians in the United States. Its database includes more than 814,000 association members 
and non-member doctors of medicine and doctors of osteopathic medicine. It does not provide information about other professionals, such as dentists, nurses, and optometrists. I looked, and I could find no mention of bullying. In Ontario, one important responsibility of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, which I mentioned earlier, is to respond to concerns and to investigate complaints from the public about doctors licensed to practice medicine in Ontario. In all that it does, the college is required to act first and foremost in the best interests of the public. I looked and I could find no mention of bullying. Now, the college must receive a complaint in writing in, or in other permanent forms such as tape, film or disc. It must include the doctor's name and address, a description of the events that led to the complaint, the date and location, and any other information that may help the college in its review. A complaint form, which may be completed electronically, printed out and mailed to the college, is available. Now, the status is right now is that we're, we are waiting to see if complaining to the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario produces any progress in providing help to families and their family members who are living with mental health disabilities and who have been bullied by physicians. Now, let's something else. Let's talk about deciding on supports that should be provided to teenagers and adults who've been bullied by physicians. The US website medicinenet.com medicinenet.com offers facts about bullying relating to school children. It explains that while US state laws have little consistency in their definition of bullying or the definitions of bullying, the definition accepted by many mental health professionals is that bullying is physical or verbal aggression physical or verbal aggression that's repeated over a period of time and that involves an imbalance of power it's characterized by the bully repeatedly using the higher social status they have over the victim to exert power and to hurt the victim now medicinenet.com adds that 28% of students from grades 6 through 12 have been the victims of bullying. It adds also that teachers often underestimate how much bullying is occurring at their schools. It also adds that parents tend to be aware that their child is being bullied only about half of the time that the child is actually being bullied. It adds, this is medicinenet.com, that bystanders of bullying, people who are kind of watching it happen, tend to succumb to what they believe is peer pressure to support bullying behavior. Peer pressure to support bullying behavior. And it also um, results from their fear, the bystanders fear of being bullied themselves. Now, various approaches are available for victims and bystanders of bullying, as well as parents, school and work personnel. Uh, 
these can be used to discouraging in discouraging bullying at school or in the workplace. Now, supports for teenagers, as distinct from children, um, have been bullied, who've been bullied, and for adults, are advocated by the US website bandbacktogether.com. All one word, bandbacktogether.com. It provides tips about healing from bullying. Here are three examples which I've summarized. It starts, the first one is it starts with you, by which the tip means the individual who's been bullied should talk about the bullying. It may feel shameful, the tip continues, but the time has passed and you, the person who's been bullied, should open up about what's happened. Break the silence around bullying using your voice to help others. Now, the second tip is, no matter what you think, being bullied was not your fault. It's not weak to admit that it hurt to be bullied and that you still carry the scars. Third point is that adults can be bullied too. And the tip is that if you are having problems with bullies at work, online, or in your personal life, you should not hesitate to report the bullying to the proper authorities, whether that's your boss, someone in human resources, or someone else who may be able to help you. Now, these three tips promote voice for people who've been bullied. Voice in the personal sense of speaking out for oneself, and voice in the political sense of uniting with others who've been bullied and getting your collective political voices heard. The website bandtogether.com offers tips on how to cope with being bullied. He comments that being the victim of a bully was in the past seen as a rite of passage to get from childhood to adult. It asserts that we now know that bullying is extremely prevalent and can be extraordinarily dangerous. The website, website bandbacktogether.com points out that persistent bullying can lead to low self-esteem, poor body image, social isolation, anxiety, and even suicide and murder. So if you or someone you love, goes the tip, is the victim of a bully or of a pack of bullies, you're probably struggling with what to do, how to cope, and how to take the power back. The website back, bandbacktogether.com advises persons who've been bullied to find the things that make them feel powerful, such as taking a kickboxing class, learning to fight, or finding a hobby that helps combat low self-esteem. But these, these responses, these actions have their risks. Now, an individual whom I've interviewed who's lived successfully with a persistent mental disorder and who has experienced bullying 
by physicians urges others to stand up for themselves. But how should people who stand up for themselves is in need of good research aimed at understanding what good action is and what bad action is for individuals who've been bullied or who are vulnerable to it. Now, I want to say more about persons who've been bullied standing up for themselves. And let's start with the group, first of all. Um, if someone, me, you, anybody else, has been bullied and they reach out to speak to others who've been bullied, that is the beginnings of a political action on behalf of what I'm going to call the community of people who've been bullied. And that's important because, whether we like it or not, in politics, and politics is important in this field, um, bureaucrats, politicians, and industry listens to groups rather than individuals. So let's say this. Um, good research is essential, particularly when it's a matter of providing um, sound, well-researched and well-understood advice on good and bad actions for individuals who've been bullied or who are vulnerable to it. Um, that is going to take some time, but we've seen in the past many examples of how family caregivers and family members have been able to unite into a political movement and have themselves listened to by the decision makers, listened to by people who are in a position to provide help, and, and this is my my perspective, people are in a position to support research. So on that point, um, we now have to take the break. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on Voice America's health and wellness and variety channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Think of the world 50 years ago. 
now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic is bullying people living with mental health disabilities. Now, I'd like to highlight the importance of understanding the role of narcissistic personality disorder. What I want to do is to promote recognition by physicians and their associations of the role of narcissistic personality disorder in bullying by physicians so they all take effective steps to prevent it, that's prevent bullying. I want to get the message across to my profession that bullying, especially of people with mental health disabilities, needs to be taken seriously because of the harm it causes. I want to get the message across to my profession that it needs to seriously consider the role of narcissistic personality disorder as a cause of bullying by physicians within the profession, as a cause of bullying that occurs in the places where physicians work, and as a cause of bullying that is experienced by the patients, by patients treated by physicians. I want to get the message across to my profession that narcissistic personality disorder is a mental health disability. And mental health disabilities are within the scope of practice of family doctors. They are central to the work of psychiatrists and psychologists, and they should therefore be understood that is, the, men, the uh, narcissistic personality disorders and mental health disabilities should be understood by all of them. Now, what more I'd like to see done by hospitals is for them to promote and provide care and support for people who have been bullied by physicians. I want to get the message across the hospitals that they need to view narcissistic personality disorder as a mental health disability that may affect physicians and other professionals working in hospitals and that may have been experienced by some patients treated by hospitals. I want to get the message across to hospitals that they should provide care and support for patients and hospital staff who've been bullied. I want to get the message across to hospitals that the effects of bullying may create complications for individuals they are treating for other better understood conditions. 
Now, here's my message. I have a message for people who have been bullied by physicians. Please ask for help. Please stand up for yourselves. Please help others who have been bullied. Please get your voices heard. <clears throat> Excuse me. And please do not see yourselves as victims. Now, let's say a little bit more about the needs of people who have been bullied. First of all, these all reflect the message which I've taken from various places <coughs> um, for people who have been bullied by physicians. They need to get their voices heard. They need to join with others who have been bullied so that as a group, as a community, they can get their voices heard. And to do that, um, radio is a good way to go. Um, television is okay, um, but you tend not to have a lot of time. Radio seems to be better for it. And also newspapers. Now, we know that many newspapers, magazines are in some kind of financial difficulty. But the fact is that I draw on them a lot for valuable information. You've heard me do that. And you should do the same thing. There are people within your community who may even be journalists. And many of you are good writers. So please write. Please get the message out. Please get through to everyone whom you think should know that bullying is no longer acceptable in our societies, that bullying is something that people are increasingly concerned about and increasingly unwilling to put up with. Um, people are, and their families, family caregivers, are looking for ways to overcome the harm, the misery, the suffering that bullying causes. And in the end, there has to be some kind of rule by which institutions, hospitals and the rest function so that if bullying can be established, and that means there have to be people trained to listen to people who've been bullied and to make judgments about the bullying, um, then action is called for. And the action may have to include people losing their jobs from inside organizations when it's been established that they were bullies. They were abusing their position. They were uh, abusing their power. They were doing all the things of um, making people feel small, um, making people uh, fear them, and getting people to do things that were harmful to the people, um, getting the people in, into difficulties that they would not have otherwise done so. So in short, it's a matter now of getting social action, political action, and community action to get the message out that bullying is something that needs now to be tackled front and center. Um, I, I, 
I mentioned something um, that had been said that in the past, bullying of young school children by older school children was a kind of rite of passage. That is to say, it was something you had to go through um, to become an adult. That's now been firmly resisted, rejected for the nonsense that it is, the dangerous nonsense that it is. And that's why the moment is arriving. It'll take a while to develop, but it's arriving for people, families and others who've been bullied to speak up and get their voices heard and get people in positions of authority to do something which is going to advance the cause. Now, here's a difficult question. Do we think that law needs to be passed? Are laws the answer to this? Um, lots of debate about that. Um, some people say yes, there's a way in which um, legislation can be drafted so that bullying is um, not permitted. Um, in Canada, there's a federal law which gives um, some rights to the federal government to take action uh, against cyberbullying, that is, when the information that's harmful or bullying towards an individual is being circulated on the internet. The federal government has the power to remove or force the removal of that information from circulation. And that's obviously helpful. But whether people should be governed in that way, that is to say, the government should have the power to remove them from their jobs or um, the government should have the power to declare them bullies or something like that. Uh, I think that would be that would be going too far. Nevertheless, we need to discuss these things because the mere fact of discussing them uh, is a way of generating interest and attention. And even if people ferociously disagree, the fact is others listen and out of that will often or sometimes come a kind of solution. Now, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of this episode because I obviously would like to go on talking for a good while longer. So let me finish by saying thank you to our listeners for comments or to ask me questions. Here's the email address to use. docg at familycaregiversunite, or one word, dot org. Please join us for our next episode, which is entitled When Aggressive Activism is Cyberbullying. Cyber Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 